Hey, what's up, fellow babies? This is Professors Gone Wild with Dr. P. And Dr. T. All right. It's Friday, 6 p.m. We just had another busy week at the university where we both teach. And uh, Dr. T is a sexologist. She's an expert on sex. She teaches a class, an entire semester, biology of sex. How do your students like that? They love it. Okay, so this is going to be a good podcast. So let's begin with the question, why sex or what is sex? And I'll relate a little story. When I was completing my PhD, I had a big oral examination. I had multiple faculty asking me questions, random questions, and one said, why sex? So I thought that he meant, you know, intercourse. So I said, well, when a male has intercourse with a female and there's a pleasure response, okay, that's that's a reward. And then if there's fertilization of the egg and they end up having a baby, we've got two parents now and two parents often, you know, help out a lot more raising the child than one would. And he laughed and everybody laughed and they said, no, we meant why have sexual reproduction? So, uh. so Dr. T, what is sexual reproduction? versus like what else is there well uh well we all know what sexual reproduction is right uh so i'll get to that in a second but what's asexual reproduction okay right. yeah i teach microbiology and let's take bacteria okay if you're a single bacterial cell you just replicate your dna and then bud off a new little clone of yourself. That's asexual reproduction. Okay, you don't have to take anything out to dinner. You don't have to wine and dine on sixty-nine. You, you don't have to right. And there's no you know nine-month pregnancy. And you know bacteria are pretty successful. Okay, but they're all essentially genetic clones. So so Dr. T, what is the benefit of sexual reproduction? Like, wouldn't women just want to bud off a little clone of themselves? Well, that'd be easy, but genetic diversity man genetic diversity that's where it's at in evolution okay so sex results in genetic diversity yes because the the genes in the sperm and the genes in the egg they combine and then they also mix genes up so that the offspring is not on a clone of the parent right it's unless, different unless you're identical twins right like if, if a woman has 10 children each one is going to be a little different. Yeah, the fingerprints will tell you that alone. Right, and so if the environment has constraints or pressures on the offspring, maybe one is more likely to survive and then reproduce. So so basically sexual reproduction is advantageous because of genetic, genetic diversity. diversity. Yes. All right, well, let's let's talk about the naughty bits. Oh, yeah. Let's That's what everybody that. wants. Everyone we're wants we're a couple bits. minutes in. We're three minutes in. Thanks for bearing with us. The naughty bits. Okay, as a guy... Let's just start with the penis. Okay. <laughs> okay, so um, let's talk about erections. All right. Okay, so you teach physiology. Yes. Which is the structure and function mm -hmm. of different body parts. So could you please explain to me and our audience, how does an erection occur? It's hydraulics. Okay. You know what hydraulics are, right? Yeah. Hydraulic equipment is fluid trapped in confined spaces. It builds up tremendous pressure. Well, that's what happens in erection. But it's a little more complicated than that. 
Okay, so what what fluids are we talking about? Okay, so the fluids we're talking about is blood. It's arterial blood that fills the penis, and when that fluid gets trapped in that confined space, it builds up pressure, and that pressure lips up the penis in an erection. Okay, so I did hear this interesting thing that the the man with the world's largest penis, he exists today, he doesn't have that much sex. And when he gets an erection, he actually gets lightheaded. This is true. This is true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like over a foot long. And so you're saying that <laughs> an erect penis is full of blood. Yes, it's engorged with blood. Yep. Okay, what's to keep the blood from going back into the body? Well, the, the veins shut off temporarily during an erection, so arterial blood is filling the penis, and it got nowhere to go, and it builds up tremendous pressure. Okay, and then obviously you have an orgasm where you lose your interest. Stimulation, yes. And then those relax, and so the blood goes back into the body? Yeah, the veins open back up, and it drains the blood, and the okay. erection goes away. All right, and I, I assume this has to do with how erectile dysfunction, ED, drugs work. So, oh, yes. So, okay, if, if let's say I'm 70 years old, and you know what? Hey, as men get older... It's like a limp noodle down there. It's hard to get it up. So, like, how do erectile dysfunction drugs like Viagra, how do they work, Dr. Well, T? it comes back to hydraulics, man. It's all about blood flow to the penis. And if you don't have that blood flow, you're not going to get a good erection. So, uh, so let's try and do a little science that's digestible. So, when an erection is supposed to end, there's an enzyme in the penis, it's called phosphodiesterase. And that basically stops the um, blood from entering the penis. It, it basically causes those arteries to stop flowing blood into the penis. And so it drains and the erection goes away. The erectile dysfunction drugs are meant to target that enzyme and inhibit it. Okay, inhibit, so block it? Yeah, they block the enzyme. So without the enzyme, the arteries stay dilated to the penis and blood keeps flowing to the penis. Right. So that's and, how they all work. And then what about, is there a nitric oxide yes. pathway? Yeah, like? yeah. So during sexual arousal, this ni nitrous oxide gas, it's a messenger. It's what causes the arteries to open in the first place, right? Uh, but then when the erection is done or the stimulus is done, you got to have the blood leave the penis or you're going to have priapism. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Priapism. These dudes, they like, they <laughs> the erection won't go away. Yeah, and three to five hours. It sounds like fun. But wow. imagine fluid trapped in the penis and it can't go anywhere. You know, that's going to hurt after yeah. a while. Yeah, no, that's too long. That's too that's long. too long for yeah. Not fun anymore after five hours. All right. So <laughs> awesome, awesome. So... Let's change topics to the ladies. Okay. The, the let's clit. Do, all right. Right? The clitoris. And you know what, people? Stop saying clitoris. <laughs> I think that was a Seinfeld thing. Like Dolores. It had to oh, run with Dolores. Oh, it had to run with the female so body clitoris. part. Yeah. Is, is it not? Or is it clitoris? Clitoris. Okay. So the clitoris. Uh... Does it get erect? It does. It does. You know... What? What? It's the same as the head of the penis. Oh, my God. When we were in the womb... There's this genital nub that if you're exposed to testosterone becomes a penis. If you're exposed to estrogen, it becomes a clitoris. They're the same thing. They have erectile tissue. They have the same sensory nerve endings. And the clitoris absolutely gets erect during arousal. Yeah, I've seen um, A Night in China. Remember the wrestler China? Oh, China, She's dead. yeah, that's right. And it's probably a lot of, basically, let's face it, steroids. Yeah. Uh, steroids that basically get into testosterone pathways, etc. But her clit was like 
like a mini penis. It's because she took testosterone. Yeah, like I saw it, and it looks like a miniature erect That's penis. what testosterone does to this yeah, genital... Yeah, so A Night yeah. in China was her porn. Uh, check it out on, on Google sometime if you want. But, um, okay, so the clit is analogous to the penis. Absolutely. And so I assume the nerve endings and everything are the exactly, same. Exactly, except you know what? Clitoris has got smaller surface areas, so it's even more intense. Oh, yeah. so so uh, if you're interested in stimulating a female, let's uh, focus on the clit, right? Now, I've also heard about this G-spot. The Is mysterious G-spot. Does it exist? <laughs> <laughs> According to Graffenberg, the person who studied it, yes, it absolutely does. Do you know where it is? Um, I heard, I heard, this is what I heard. Uh, okay, if you're facing the woman's abdomen and you stick a finger in the vagina, yeah, that if you curl your finger yep. upward, yep. there's like a little ledge yeah. and that there's a spot back in there that now, not all women, because not all, all women. women are unique, right, right, but some women need that g-spot stimulation to orgasm right okay there are clitoral orgasms and they're vaginal orgasms there are vaginal orgasms and those and, combinations right and so talk about this graffenberg spot okay so you're right you're absolutely right so you described it just as as anyone would try and find it but it, it's it's in the anterior wall of the vagina so that is the belly facing side of the vagina and there is that spot that you're talking about that in some women has got so many sensory nerve endings that is the g-spot that's the graffenberg spot Okay, so lots of nerve endings. So the bottom line here is, everybody listening to this, some women rely on clitoral stimulation mm -hmm. to orgasm. Some women rely on the G-spot stimulation to orgasm. Some require a combination or maybe even something other oh, than that. Right, right. right? Like there's, women other, are, there's other erogenous zones. Yeah, of course, like nipples, yeah, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, earlobes. Earlobes, right? right? Okay, so, so let's get on to... Should I say it? Oh, go ahead. Just just blurt it out. Squirting. Okay, squirting. Okay, there's a lot of <laughs> porn that's focused on squirting and in women. In in women, basically <laughs> that they squirt and it's supposed to be like a female orgasm. Now, my understanding is that's urine. It, I mean, it, it, what is squirting? Well, okay. So, yeah, it, it probably is urine, but, you know, maybe not in all circumstances because women have in the vagina vestibular glands that produce a mucus that is a lubricant. And, you know, it is a gland and it could squirt mucus. But the kind of squirting you see in porn makes me think the volume of it has got to be urine. Yeah. See, again, porn <laughs> is like artificial, the, the fiction yeah. version of sex. Mm -hmm. But, um,. I have been with somebody who squirted once, and I think it took us both by surprise. <laughs> um, so, so if it is urine, let's say it's urine, it could still just be a reaction to all the stimulation down there. Well, yeah, yeah, the sexual arousal is a huge smooth muscle stimulation, and the bladder's got smooth muscle, and the vagina's got smooth muscle. So, I mean, what if the whole area is just 
smooth muscle spasms. Yeah, but I, it doesn't mean like, okay, if, if a woman squirts, she comes. That's not true. No, no. The, the coming is actually contraction of pelvic floor muscles, both in men and women. That is exactly what orgasm is. It's muscles contracting at a high frequency. That's what coming is. Yeah, and so, you know, don't think that if the lady doesn't squirt that she didn't come. Right. You know, is, you know, is that valid? That's true because a man will ejaculate, yeah. but a woman doesn't have really quite the equivalent, but she does orgasm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so what's the deal with semen? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good topic to bring up for a party. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, like, uh, what's in it? What's oh. in semen? Okay. What's in jizz? Okay, so, you know, guess what? Those sperm, they're microscopic. They're deposited in the vagina. They gotta cross the cervix, travel all the way up the uterus to fallopian tubes to maybe meet an egg. Okay, so like... Do you so know like, how long of a journey that is for a microscopic sperm? Like, if I were a sperm cell, yeah. and I were ejaculated into a vagina, maybe a couple inches, uh, maybe a few more than a couple inches, <laughs> in, uh, it would be like running an ultra marathon. It would be. Like, not even a regular marathon. Right, right, and you're gonna run out of energy. Okay, so what... Uh, Okay, so energy. Talk about the energy in sperm. Okay, so sperm, they got mitochondria like attached to their tail. So they're swimming like little... The powerhouse of the cell. The powerhouse Everybody of the cell. Mitochondria that. makes ATP. But what happens? Where You got to make ATP yeah. from something. You, re, you need sugar. to replenish it. You need to make have a sugar available. So semen has fructose. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah, it comes from the seminal vesicles. Okay, so... Fructose is also in fruit. Right. It's a it's a simple sugar. It's a sugar. Yep. And so that is found in semen, and that is what the sperm use to make energy, the ATP, with their mitochondria, so it can fuel their swim all the way up the reproductive tract. Right. I gotta I gotta ask. So, <laughs> is it true that if if a guy eats pineapple, like that the semen tastes like pineapple? Well, that's what I've heard as well. I mean, pineapple's got fructose. Yeah. Fructose is a sugar from fruit. Yeah. Right? Simple yeah. sugar from fruit. Right. And I've heard, like, if you eat garlic, it's kind of distant. Uh, I, I obviously have never tasted semen myself. <laughs> but, um, okay, so let's let's move on. So I, I have also heard that there are compounds in semen that before the sperm cells enter the uterus through the cervix, those compounds need to be deactivated by the female's body. Oh, Otherwise, yeah. they cause a, a tightening, a muscle contraction in the uterus that's very painful. So, like, sex is chemistry. Oh, absolutely. Once the sperm's deposited, it is so chemistry. Because the, the semen is now in a different body, and the, the female vagina is acidic, and, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it, it wants to kill the sperm. PHO4. Yeah. It's a PHO4. So, seminal fluid is also alkaline. Yeah. So it can buffer that acid or else the sperm would never even make it past the vagina. All right. Well, you know, we've talked a lot about sperm and semen. Talk to us about the egg. Talk to us about, like, where does an egg come from? What does it do? What's with menstruation? Okay. Wow. That's a lot of topics. It it is. Okay. So at, at maturity, a woman starts maturing and then ovulating an egg once a month. And in a 28 day menstrual cycle, she ovulates that egg dead middle the fourth day 14 halfway okay, but you're saying ovulate. that means the egg is released the egg is released so. is it true that a baby girl like newborn baby girl has all of the eggs now i prefer to call them ova because in my mind an egg is fertilized but anyway 
Is it true that a newborn female girl has all of the eggs she will ever have and release in her entire life? That's true. In fact, by the time she's born, she's already lost a bunch of eggs she had when she was still a fetus. What? She loses them by the time she's, a lot of them, by the time she's born, it's called atresia. Okay. Yeah. And then by the time she reads puberty, she's lost even more. Right. Of course. Okay. Yeah. So, so tell us, okay. So a woman, let's, let's begin with the release of an egg oh, in okay. a woman's cycle. Let's, okay. let's start with that. Describe what's going on. Oh my God. This is so fascinating. You're not going to believe this. Okay. So an egg that is maturing during a woman's 28 day cycle, that egg is housed in a follicle, like a car is housed in a, a garage. Now, Inside that follicle, as the egg matures, the follicle matures. And you know what? That follicle fills with fluid. When were we just talking about fluid trapped in confined spaces? Yeah, That's hydraulics. Tremendous. Right, mm -hmm. right. Hydraulics. So the woman's ovary, the egg, is housed in a follicle that's filling with fluid. And by the time she's halfway through her cycle, there is so much fluid in that follicle that that mature egg explodes. It's an explosive event. It explodes. Explosivo. Explosivo. It explodes from the follicle and explodes through the wall of the ovary. But then it's got a little distance to travel, doesn't it? It does, but that explosion helps it. Because, you know, hey, the, the fallopian tube's not attached to the ovary. There's a gap. Yeah, there's a, there's a thin space. So we have what's yeah. called ectopic pregnancy. Theoretically... The egg could get fertilized before it goes into the fallopian tubes in the uterus, yeah. and it could implant like uh, on your intestine, on yep. the outside of your intestine, right? Yep. In the coelomic yep. cavity, it could. It right? Could. Mm -hmm. And of course, let's talk about that for a minute. That that fertilized egg is not going to develop into a baby. It's not no. going to be, there is no, no way, and it cannot be transplanted into the uterus. No. Uh, okay. I mean, I can tell you about that. That's that's pretty straightforward. Uh, so the only tissue that can sustain a good placenta that'll keep an embryo and help it develop to full-term pregnancy is the uterine lining. Yep. That's it. That's it. Anything else, the fallopian tube, uh, anywhere else, it's destined to fail. It just doesn't have the ability to right. form a placenta. And we will not discuss abortion issues. No, no, but yeah, ectopic but pregnancy doesn't there work. There are conditions in which a woman's life is at risk and the developing embryo will never be viable it is simply not going to survive yeah okay so okay we have the egg explosivo and let's say <laughs> Do you know what what there's a term for the pain that some women feel when they ovulate because it's a miniature explosion from their ovary right what is it it's called middle schmerz Ooh, yeah, that woman can actually feel German. it. They have a pain mid-cycle, left side or right side, depending on where. Really? Yeah, yeah, middle schmerz. You know, I didn't even think about the left and right side. Yeah. Can you have both at the same time? No, it doesn't usually happen that way. Okay, so middle schmerz, nice German word. Uh, pain associated with ovulation. Ovulation, because it's a min miniature explosion. Okay, so the woman has the middle schmerz <laughs> and the pain and then the egg is released and it's going to be fertilized at some point and then how does this relate to like menstrual blood or pregnancy like okay. what happens then okay so she releases an egg mid-cycle and it has about two weeks um in order to be saved by fertilization if it's not fertilized um the hormones that would need to keep it a 
fertilized egg going are, are gone. And so what happens is that lining of the uterus, that's endometrium, the endometrium of the uterus, yeah, I know a little bit, which proliferates with blood and cells. I mean, yeah. the whole thing thickens. Vascularity, vascularity, and a lot mm -hmm. of cell growth. And so, if that egg doesn't get fertilized, it doesn't implant. Okay. And when that hormone, it's called progesterone, right. is gone, that that's the whole hormone that keeps the uterine lining thick. And when it's gone, it just disintegrates. So all of that cellular material a little bit of the vascularity blood the blood cells and the ovum and the, the unfertilized egg yep. is going to be flushed yep and so menstrual blood is is a conglomeration of the endometrial lining, lining blood the ovum mm -hmm. And of course, if the egg is fertilized, then everything's gonna stay intact and the woman will go ahead through pregnancy. So let's just, let's just put this out there. For all of the young women who may be listening, when can you get pregnant? When can you not get pregnant relative to your period? Oh, good question, good question. So period happens at day 28 of your menstrual cycle and then the following five days of the new cycle. So when you are most fertile, if you track your period, if you have a regular period, it's about five days, it's about hmm, day nine of a 28 day cycle. And then day 14 is when you ovulate. So maybe seven more days after that. So let's say day nine to day 21. That's kind of your fertile period because some women might ovulate early than day 14. Some might ovulate a little bit later. So you gotta kinda hedge your bets there. But what does it mean for how does the woman feel and what's coming out of her body? You talked about the middle schmerz, mm -hmm. this pain of ovulation. Mm -hmm. So let's say I am a young woman and I have the middle schmerz. Uh -huh. I have it right now, it's Friday night. Okay. Can I get pregnant? Mm, technically, yes. And you know for, why? For about how long? Yeah, why? Because the sperm can live three to five days inside the oh, body. Okay. And so if you ovulate and you're inseminated at that point, even if the egg is just inching its way down the fallopian tube, hey, it, it, the sperm can live three to five days. That's plenty of time for the egg to come down and meet that sperm because the sperm's got to work its way up. Egg's got to work its way down. Right, right. It's running the ultra marathon. Yeah. So I, I'm a young woman. I have the middle schmerz. I could be impregnated yes. now once i see blood can yeah. i get pregnant no no because the blood happens after the egg is pretty much already gone okay so i know this sounds gross but when i was a teenager you know exploring this stuff i didn't know any of the shit and one of my friends said oh the red wings have you earned your red wings <laughs> oh, and then he explained it to me it basically means you have sex with a woman who's having her period because she cannot get pregnant. So the red, of course, is the blood. If I have sex with a woman who is bleeding from her period, mm -hmm. can she get pregnant? Well, no, because that lining that would sustain a implantation of an embryo is gone. It's broken down. There's nothing for a fertilized egg to implant to. That okay. lining's gone. See, nobody ever told me this. Yeah. And then let's say the woman has just finished with her flow. Right. How long are we talking about until she can get pregnant again? Well, depending on the woman, she has to have a rock solid menstrual cycle and not everyone does. 
Um, let's say she ends on day five. Okay, that's pretty. Let, let, let's just say it's like Wednesday. Okay, it's <laughs> okay, like it's Wednesday. <laughs> okay, so it's like Wednesday. So uh, at about nine days, she would be. So the next Wednesday yeah. beyond. So yeah. you got about a week. You can have sex. You got about a week because, like, if you've stopped your period, you're probably up to day five. I have to go by numbers. Right, you have to. Yeah. And and you ovulate on day fourteen. You do the math. That's nine days. Okay, I just want to make it clear that this is not advice (laughs) (laughs) to prevent um, pregnancy. No, no, the rhythm method is about... That's the rhythm method. There's about a 30-40% chance of getting pregnant that way. Yeah, it's the worst. (laughs) It's It's, the very worst. It really is the worst. Don't even... We are professors. Yes. And, and I'm a, I'm a professor of reproductive physiology. I'm telling you, I would not rely on. Don't that. rely on that. Not okay? every woman. So condom use if you don't want to have a period, or I'm sorry, if you don't want to have a baby, condom use, birth control, etc. Yeah. Worst case plan B. Oh, I feel like we're getting ourselves into trouble with this one. Oh, but that's it. We're professors gone wild. We got no limits. We are professors gone wild. <laughs> hey, I got one more question before we end with the topic of sex. Okay, I as a microbiology professor i know that you cannot see sperm spermatozoa with the naked eye can you see the egg not the human egg you can't no you can't see the human egg. no you can't you need you need you need visual you need microscopic aid okay. even a cow egg which i've i've actually done intracytoplasmic sperm injection i needed magnification from a microscope there's no way the only egg you can see is a chicken egg or yeah, an ostrich true. egg. Or or an ostrich egg. <laughs> Interesting fact: the ostrich egg is the largest single cell in the world as we know it. It is one cell. Yeah. It's one cell. Yeah. Think about an ostrich egg compared to a hummingbird egg. I mean, well, but compared <laughs> to a human egg. And a human egg, you're not going to see. Okay, we're getting off on a tangent. <laughs> as this we has do. been our first episode <laughs> of. Professors Professors Gone Gone Wild. Wild. Biology of Sex. I'm Dr. P. I'm Dr. T. If you like this, subscribe. Give us some feedback. What do you want to hear about? Yeah. It's got to be biology because, you know, that's our jam. Yeah, and we're going to do pop culture. We're going to do news. We're going to do movies. We're going to do social networking. Like, just basically all the stuff that people want to know about, but it gets lost somehow in translation. Mm -hmm. All right, I've had a good time. I did too. And I'm glad... Y'all hung out for this full 30-minute episode, and we'll see you on the flip side. Peace out. Peace out!